G'day guys, welcome back to another Fair Income episode. Today we had none other than our beloved Ustad Abu Taymiyyah. We spoke about um, his path to seeking knowledge. We also spoke about his interactions with Andrew Tate. We saw a different side to Abu Taymiyyah that you guys have definitely not seen before. Um, what it takes to actually be a high-valued man, as well as three tips to stop procrastinating and actually starting to implement change. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's Iman Sakhi. A woman putting a hand up like that saying, May Allah reward you, may Allah give you more, may Allah... Mm. That's priceless, man, from the bottom mm. of our heart. Mm. And then these guys just thought, we're going to come and take over and everything is going to be plain sailing. Akhi, uh, how is that even possible? Like, Especially with new COVID guidelines and stuff like that, with yeah. things adapting. Like uh, Bristol was saying, there were so many problems and everyone had to go argue themselves to the hotels and stuff like that. Normally, you have a travel agent, kind of you talk to you. He takes care of everything. And they experience, so they don't yeah. play around. They know what they can do and no, what I they think, can't I think, do. I think they just were the guinea pigs, you know, the guinea pigs. The first mm. year, yeah. First year. Did you go this year or you? No, I didn't. Yeah. Why'd you stop? They, they stripped every travel agent yeah. of their visas. Yeah. I saw that. There's no out. travel. Yeah, they that. took over it. Mm. Huh? Do you still do your Umrah trips? Well, yeah, the thing is, because I've been in Saudi Arabia yeah. all of this time, if I'm going to run an Umrah group, yeah. I'm going to have to take two weeks out of my uh, study schedule, yeah. which I can't afford. Mm. So I just basically work with different brothers. They just invite me over. They were like, oh, can you? So I just work with everybody, right? Yeah. Um, and I just take care of the, the group while I'm there. But for me to officially take one, my dad's been kind of like asked me for something. I was like, Dad, I can't. Mm. So the plan was to do one now, but I got accepted in my master's. Mm-hmm. Mm. Abroad. In Medina or something? You know, it's in Riyadh, Jamiat al-Imam. Okay. What do you want to study your it's master's? It's going to be in fiqh. Inshallah. Yeah. Ashraf loves fiqh. Oh, really, yeah? Alhamdulillah. We try. Right, you're doing masters. I've read a couple of books on it, <laughs> <laughs> and the books aren't here. <laughs> 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 don't get deceived by these uh, certificates and. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it doesn't really, to be mm. honest, mean a lot. I've been on one of your, not your one specifically, but I actually met you a couple of years ago on Are the you? on the Umrah trips. Which Umrah trip was it? I was with, um, do you know, Sunnah trips. Yes. This was 2018. This was the year Da'wah men and stuff were here as well. Oh, we're together, huh? And I think you gave a talk with Da'wah men's group. I just used to go in and out. Yeah. In and out, I'd come, mm. give a little small little reminder. Yeah. But you were a student there at the time, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were yeah, studying yeah. in Medina. So I would just basically run because I had a schedule. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. But like, subhanAllah, last, the last one that we done, mm-hmm. I was actually with them full time from A to Z. Yeah. Because I, I finished, yeah. I was with them like literally fully. And it was an experience and a half. Yeah, I've seen the clips of them. They're the ones that went low-key viral as well. Okay, I'm telling you, I've yeah. been with so many different groups. But that group is different. Mm-hmm. My iman goes up and I'm hanging around with roadmen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Honestly. My iman goes up just sitting with these brothers. You could see they're very sincere. They might mm. be indulged in all of this evil and filth and everything, right? The fact that they really want to better themselves. You could see the, in the sincerity projecting off their face, man. Muslim mm-hmm. yeah. was talking about it in one of his speeches, yeah? One of his, uh, he done a lecture at an event or something like that. Mm. And he goes, subhanAllah, he goes, when I, there was a brother that always said, nah, nah, not me, I can't go, I'm too, like, you know, I'm too impure, I can't mm. go, whatever. And he was the first one there and he was telling stories about how the way he was ushering people and like helping them out to get towards the, the prayer area in Medina and stuff mm. like that. Where, uh, what's that thing called? The Rauda. Rauda, Rauda, yeah. That, so he was kind of ushering people and stopping people and he was that jeed about mm. this experience. Oh, subhanAllah, yeah. When, when you get to that kind of position, 
I think it, it just changes. It's like yeah, that right. motivation stuff, yeah? Mm. Like, you don't actually get motivated until you start doing the action, and then when the action happens, the momentum occurs, and when momentum occurs, you kind of yeah. push forward, mm. subhanAllah. Allah, I remember a brother was like, subhanAllah, you know, on the last night, it's a very, very emotional night with Five Star Umar, right? And you got all the roadmen sitting around saying how the experience was. I remember a brother said something like, some of these brothers that are with us, we used to run away from police together. And now we're running to the roader together, right? That really stuck with me, subhanAllah. That honestly, wallahi, is uh, something that you can't put into words, man. It's so when hearing a lot of these experiences from these brothers, like it would have a toll on me, wallahi. You know, like I was saying before, like I've been with so many different groups. My dad's got his own group, right? But the experience with these brothers, it's like something else, man, honestly. Yeah. You feel like you get like secondhand experience in regards to like, you know, your first time you went, yeah, and then you see that these people, or these brothers that are going there, they're mm. getting the first time experience. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. You know? uh, I think when I went the first time, I was very young. The second time round, mm. it was when I was uh, maybe not up to much good in London. So one of the reasons why my uh, parents decided to take all of us, right, me and my siblings, was to better ourselves. Yeah. And wallahi, the last day, I wanted to actually run away from my family. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to tie myself on one of the pillars of the Haram al-Makki yeah. in Mecca. I didn't want to leave. Like, I did not want to leave. I was like, you know, mom, dad, please let me stay here. And I kept on making dua, ya Allah, let me stay here. It didn't happen then. But, you know, Allah Azza wa Jal had a better plan for me. I ended up going later on. <laughs> full time. Uh, yeah, full time. Man. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely one of those uh, life-changing experiences. I remember yeah. one of the sheikhs when he was giving us a tour, one of the things he told us to say is like, you can make as much dua as you want while you're on the trip. Yeah, but one dua that I emphasize that you make is that Ilahi returns you back to his place. Yeah, without a shadow mm. of a doubt. Because like the experiences and everything that you get there, it's like, also it's the company as well. You know, it's like the individual experience. But when you're with a group as well, it almost makes it 10 times more immense. And it's like... Because in reality, it's an invitation from Allah Azza wa Jal. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, right, Al-Hajj Wal-Umar Wal-Mujahid Fi Sabila, the one who goes out for Hajj and Jihad and also Umrah, they're the guests of Allah Azza wa Jal. He invited them and they accepted the invitation, right? Wallahi, like time, you know, time and time again, I've seen one pay the full amount for Hajj. Like this is Hajj, it's not some light money, right? It's a lot of money, right? So, uh, last minute something happens. And all of his money goes down the drain. Subhanallah And I just subhanallah You know Tell myself yeah, He never got the invitation mm. And then there's others Who weren't even thinking about it Last minute He came across a brother Or somebody just encouraged him And he just makes a phone call To a traveler And we've got maybe like One place left And I'm like yeah yeah Tfadal, There's one place left He wasn't even thinking about it Comes to the seminar he's just, Even he's like in shock What's going on yeah. Yeah. It's just so overwhelming for him And he comes for hajj yeah. So you know It's an it's a invitation From Allah Azza wa Jalan May Allah Azza wa allow us to keep going back. Amen. Did you, because I know you studied in Medina, did you, I know consistently when you're in Medina, you go on Umrah trips, yeah. like you just said. Did it become a normal thing? Like, because we spoke with one brother who's been doing like Hajj groups for like 30 years. Yeah. And we speak about like the opinion of Imam Malik where he said, yeah. don't go on Umrah too frequently. He said like once a year, mm. because you kind of lose the love when you go to Mecca. Mm. Like when you go to Mecca, you should yearn for it and then you go and you make mm. the most of it. Did you, was that a, a thing or is it just, because you were there for such a l- short time, like Medina, mm. you know, you only there for a couple of years. Did you still have that love every time you went? 
Like, I think that was definitely the case. Honestly, like, you know, as soon as you leave Mecca, I don't know, man, you get this feeling of, I want to go back. I remember at times I would get on the train, especially as I was leaving, not knowing whether I'm going to continue my studies, mm-hmm. right, after my bachelor's. Every time it would occur to me, is this my last time? Will I be able to go back again? And I would always hope for another opportunity and then it would come. Mm. Subhanallah, right? Uh, and then there came a, a time where we had to leave, which was uh, when I finished my bachelor's. Yeah. And that was actually really heartbreaking for me because at the time, I wasn't given the news that I'm going to be furthering my studies. So I thought, khalas, it's it. Now, only recently I found out that you know I'm going to be going back again. Alhamdulillah. So, uh, but at the time, like it was, it was a, it was a shock to me because mm. everyone thought that I was going to get accepted. Like literally everybody around me. Imagine every single person who I hang around with got accepted for the masters. Wow. I got initially nominated as well yeah. to do uh, the masters program in in the University of Medina, yeah. but then it didn't go through. Everybody was like literally in shock. They thought all of them, there's a big chance of them not getting accepted and I will because of my passport and because of other elements as well. Everybody got in except me. Yeah. Imagine that. You were in shock. Achim, man, all my friends got accepted except me. There was a Russian brother I hang around with. There was a Algerian brother. <laughs> there was uh, a Nigerian brother. So literally everybody around there, Libyan brother. Everybody got in. You know? So it's times like that like, really, really like hit me what about all the times, you know, you used to go for Umrah, will I get another opportunity? And with, you know, us hearing a lot of different rumors about how Hajj is going to be. Yeah. And everybody saw what happened, right? Mm. We didn't get to go. Many people didn't get to go who are used to going every single year. But may Allah Azza wa Was this during the pandemic? No, this was just recently around... Um, like after the Sora. It was maybe around February, March time. Yeah. Did you beca- time. When you got... Um, when you didn't get accepted for the masters in Medina, mm. did you second guess should I do further studies, like even looking at other jamias? Yeah, I did, I did, I okay. did. Right, because uh, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, they've introduced this literacy and numeracy exam that all the students have to do. Qualify. Imagine we're studying for the last five and a half years, only Islamic related issues. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they say to us, you have to take a numeracy and literacy <laughs> exam. Yeah. It would have been Arabic, wouldn't it? Yeah, it wasn't. You know how we have <laughs> X and Y when it comes to algebra? Yeah, that they have seen and sod. Oh, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, me and my Russian friend, we sat for two weeks in the Prophet Sallallahu Masjid. Yeah. I never thought in a million years that I would be sitting in the Prophet Sallallahu Masjid revising mathematics. <laughs> and I was actually good at maths. Yeah. I got a very good grade for my uh-huh. secondary school. I think I got an A. Yeah. And then I was doing civil engineering. Allah and you need a lot of maths, right? Yeah. I was doing that. I did it for a year. And then I had to make a decision, shall I go back to, uh, shall I go to Medina or continue? So yeah. I ended up leaving, right? So what happened? Um, I ended up leaving it, but for five and a half years, Akhi, your knowledge yeah. will diminish if you're not revising it, yeah, yeah, no yeah. matter what it is. Mm. Exactly. So Akhi, I just, I just, I got too used to a calculator, got very, very lazy. Yeah. So I was sitting there for two weeks, just like trying to figure out what does this even say? Yeah, they yeah. didn't equip us, they didn't teach us anything mm-hmm. and how to prepare for it. They literally threw at us. You have to pass. Start from the bottom. Start whatever you need to do, man. Yeah. Mm. Figure it out. Figure it out. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of like affected my overall score. Mm -hmm. Because it's your GPA, which is uh, 25%. And then the master's exam, the master's entry exam, which is 50%. And then this numeracy slash literacy exam, which is another 25%. 25, yeah. 
So I, I just scraped it. Mm. I, I passed by like one mark. And I was like, Alhamdulillah, at least I passed. Civil journey came a clutch. Akhi, never did I ever, for any exam, take a trip to the Kaaba to make dua. <laughs> yeah. Other than that numeracy literacy exam. Alhamdulillah, you know, I was getting, you know, very good grades, but yeah. I actually went, you know, I bought a ticket, yeah. got onto the train, went all the way to the Haram, stood in front of the Kaaba, Ya Allah, help me with this. Because mm. uh, this is like, if I pass this and I get into the master, that's yeah. another four years in the Haramain. Right? Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. their master is a bit different. Mm. It's like in, uh, for a whole year or two, depending on which course, you uh, attend classes mm-hmm. and then you write your thesis for the next two years. So they yeah. give you the opportunity to stay there. Surely they were giving you calculus questions, like is it? be like, honestly, because <laughs> if you're stressed that much, it should have been like algebra and. It's all in Arabic, so you have to like. Shall I tell you guys something so Yeah. Right, it just literally came to mind now. Right, I went to the Kaaba to make dua. Ya Allah, help me with this exam. Right. So, as I went upstairs after you know finishing, I went upstairs, and you know sometimes when there's like these heavy crowds, they push you towards a particular door or you know part of the haram, and. I had my iPad with me, mm-hmm. right? So I just go sit down. Yeah. And I'm sitting there with my iPad, yeah. looking at past exam papers, just trying to figure out like, you know? And guess who's next to me? A qualified maths teacher. He just looks at me and he says, do you need any help? Well, I looked at him. Is this some angel that has been said <laughs> in, the, in the form of a human being? Like, you know? Mm. Literally, I, I thought I thought he wanted money. Yeah. Let me help you and I'm going to take money off you. Like, and then me, I'm just like, Getting all paranoid and everything. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll help you. I'm a mathematics teacher. I teach and I think he lived in Damam or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for Umrah. If you need any help, I'll help you out. Habib, the amount of principles and what, you know methods he taught me after Allah Azza wa this man was the reason. That's barakah. That's because right. of du'as. And I passed by one mark. By one mark. Literally by one mark. And everyone was just saying, Akhi, you just pass. Don't worry too much about it. As long as you get a good GPA, and a good master's mass, mass mark, they won't even take that into consideration. And eventually they did. Mm. Eventually they did. All because of one mark. The guy gave him clutch. Did you actually stay in contact with the brother that taught you all yeah, this yeah, stuff? Yeah, we had. Uh, oh, okay. We stayed in contact. Yeah. And then I, I messaged him when I. Uh, it's just some random Egyptian guy that I came across. Oh, oh. So it can't be an angel lucky. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> Not like it just occurred to me like at the time. Is this, is this, is this guy like for real? Yani? It couldn't have been like at a better time. I've mm. got the exam after I come back from Umrah. Yeah. I think there's what? 36 hours left till I need to do the exam. Yeah. And then I'm like lost. Cramming last minute, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, when, you, when you, you're in one of them positions where, yeah, Allah, you know, I've, yeah. I've got. And then this guy's right next to me. Literally, there wasn't even someone in between us. He was literally right next to me. And if you're on a phone, maybe you couldn't see it, but because you had your yeah, iPad, iPad and yeah. you sat exactly there. Literally, and he's just like, you know, overlooked. Yeah. Right, please, right. It's time. one of those moments, subhanAllah. And then you just, subhanAllah, appreciate the du'as and especially the du'as in and around the Kaaba. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. SubhanAllah. Yeah. I think before we get into the serious stuff, I want to hear. Have we started? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Now yeah. it started. Oh, really? Now, now Did you not want that stuff on? No, no, it's fine. Oh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful. Because uh, oh, I, 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 I didn't know that, that started. Hey. We'll start officially now, alhamdulillah. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. want to just quickly touch yeah. on it because I know even time, mm. but the superstar soccer no story. We have a. If we have if an hour and 20 minutes. If you're free <laughs> Sunday night, I think some of my friends wanna pl- uh, would love for you to come indoor soccer. I've got a lecture in uh, my, uh, what's my it called? 
my center. My center, yeah, after Isha. Abu Hamza's behind me. It's, it's, it's before Isha. It's before Isha. Around the corner from there. Yeah. He's tempted. He's tempted. He's tempted. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm officially retired. I hanged up my boots a very long time ago. Yeah. Even in Medina, yeah. I used to see the boys playing from time to time. I think to myself, shall I? I got very close one time. Yeah. Because you know the university has a World Cup. Yeah. I got very tempted to play with the British. Yeah. But then I said, you know what? A lot of time what happens when you get onto the football pitch, everybody's respect kind of like goes out of the yeah, window. Yeah. True. Yeah. MashaAllah, the biggest sheikh becomes a shaitan. <laughs> when he starts swearing or gets angry or people get emotional, you don't pass to them or they're losing. Emotions are running extremely high. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, I said, you know what? Let me just uh, save God my dignity here. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I literally got on the pitch and I took a shot. Yeah. You felt it, yeah? Top corner. Huh? Ah, yeah, he definitely felt it. right corner, I think it was. This is like a movie when <laughs> people <laughs> just like, <laughs> <a> bag. Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, you're going to come and play with us. And, <laughs> and then uh, I said, no, nah, man, forget it. What was your position, right wing? I used to play in the hole. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I was very, very quick because I used to play on the left. Yeah, yeah. Left mid. Mm. But I eventually transitioned. Yeah. I used to play on the left and then I just, you know, the playmaker. Mm. Where it says that all the goals oh. up. Yeah. Huh? Can you know Leon? Huh? Do you know Leon by any chance? Leon. Leon, what? What's his actual name? Uh, his name's Leon. Like no, or last name, but his name's Bilal now. He reverted to Islam. We actually had him on the podcast. He's he was from, from London, Australia. It's from North, from he, Tottenham. He, he left now. He's he moved to um, Yemen. Yeah, he's from. Oh. He's thirty-two. Um, he used it's to retirement age. Yeah, <laughs> I think he reverted like when he was twenty-three. He's friends with you know healthy mindset. Lats Abdul Latif. He's friends like with that. He's friends with those boys. I just recently, Subhanallah, um, I was with this brother called Ustad Abdul Ahad. And uh, he introduced me to uh, Danjuma. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Danjuma. Lovely brother. Mashallah. Tabarakallah. He's doing well, man. Yeah. yeah. My so he's not one of them ones who just kind of like compromises religion. Even yeah. when I saw him, Mashallah, yeah. I, I just said to him, Akhi, uh, the Shabab, they need a role model. Mm-hmm. Right? And they look up to footballers. So if you're somebody who really holds on to his religion, mm-hmm. Akhi could have a huge influence and effect on uh, the Shabab. So yeah, just bear that in mind, you know? Like yeah. it was a lovely brother, honestly. Mashallah. I didn't see any arrogance from him, pride or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. So you're a bit of a baller. Did you? You said you had West Ham trials. Yeah, I did. I did. Ah. I did. I Were did. you always in London then? Oh, no, yeah. Yani the. Uh, you're going to Hijra for soccer. From I think it was grade six to year ten, mm. right? I spent yani five years in a. In London, yeah, just like the uh, teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I was, uh, I had trials. But uh, West Ham Academy is well known, even back then. Yeah, like yeah, when I was Upton Park got and the stuff. Trials, I was going to be going, but it didn't. I don't know if you guys want to go into exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, no, no go right? into it. Do you need? Uh, I remember I bought trainers the night before that. Yeah. So I was showing my mum, right, and I happened to forget my trainers in my dad's room. You know, my dad's bedroom, right? Mm. So I wake up and I'm looking for my trainer. This is early morning. We need to, I need to get off to East London. And I look for it. I can't find it. And I remember that I left it in the, in my parents' bedroom. So I creep in. Because I know I can't tell my dad that I'm going. He always had this fear. This guy's going to make it. Yeah. Right? So I creeped in, looking to take the trainers out of the room. And then he woke up. Mm-hmm. I was telling actually the, uh, the youngsters in uh, in Takwa College, I was really intrigued by it. Yeah. I was trying to make a point to them that 
sometimes we look at our parents as backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, looking at them as individuals out of touch with reality and so on and so forth. So anyways, he woke up. I said, where are you going? I said, Dad, I'm going football. Football this time? Yeah. And I just came clean. I said, Dad, I've got trials for West Ham. And he just went off on a lecture. Nah. And I'm just looking at the time. Now, <laughs> I always respected my dad, right? I can't just like be rebellious towards him. I never had that kind of relationship with him. I always respected him. And I was like scared from time to time as well, especially if I do something wrong. And he was just going on about how you're going to become like a, an alcoholic and someone who clubs and you're going to be doing this, 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 this and this. And by the time he finished his lecture, I think it was too late to go. Oh. You decided then not, I'm I not couldn't go Like it was too late Yeah, yeah I missed, the it. Child missed, it. Yeah. missed it And then subhanAllah Over time You think back At some of these things That happened in life mm-hmm. And you're very grateful To Allah Azawaj, And also Those who advise you Right Sometimes uh, It's those who are The most toughest with you Right That have the biggest impact mm-hmm. Honestly And my dad at time Used to be tough He used to give me That love tough uh, That tough love mm-hmm. That love tough <laughs> uh, tough love It's very very important If you have a father Like a yes man of a father You're never going to like Mold yeah. into It's true um, A serious person Or somebody with values and morals mm. Right They see things you don't see in the moment Yeah, yeah That definitely. later on you can reflect back on And be yeah. like Allah Even the son of Harun al-Rashid Like after his father passed away He used to like Criticize his father He would say hubbu Harun. The love that Harun had for us Was harmful to us he was just so easy going with him. He didn't want to go grammar school. He said, oh, no problem. Uh, all the way up until the youngsters would laugh at this individual now who's a ruler. Mm. Who'd make a lot of grammatical mistakes. So we used to laugh at him. Mm. Uh, mm. Is, that, is that the moment that you started your path to seeking knowledge? No. That's no. early years, yeah? It's still very early. Yeah. Mm. Still very early. I, th- I think you just used the word when you said value and it touched on what I wanted to talk about. Okay. I was at your lecture yesterday, as you okay. know, and the, someone asked a question about Andrew Tate and stuff like that. I don't know. Okay. We don't have to delve in that. But you <laughs> spoke about um, what it means to be a high value man. Hmm. And you said you would want to give a lecture on it. So I thought we'd touch yeah. on it. Because we recently did a podcast maybe like six weeks ago about why there's like um, so many males but no men. Okay. Because like look around, you know, you go to the mosque, like there's a lot of males but... We're the men. And that's what we had a whole discussion about what it means. And then Andrew Tate started popping off about what it means to be a high-value man and stuff like that. Did you also see what he posted yesterday on Instagram? You know, as soon as we finished the lecture, brothers came hurling at me saying, you just spoke about Andrew Tate. And guess what he just done? He posted it on his Instagram. <laughs> Literally, he started taking out their phones and, and showing me. And you know, and I think I'll mention this, right? Uh, our role models should be individuals who adhere to Al-Islam. He talks a lot of garbage, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does say some good things. Uh, but when he says things like, right, women should not be sleeping around. And he says, it's haram, it's haram. But then for <laughs> a guy, it's perfectly fine. Mm. That's a whole load of... And mm. the way he objectifies women and everything. And just the other day, somebody sent to me, I think it was yesterday, right? Because so many Muslims are getting excited. And they're, and they're telling me, oh, mashallah, you've been posted, you, you know, this, that, and... It's like, brothers, yani, what's, what is there to be excited about? Oh. Honestly, like, you know. Yeah. This makes sense now. So he posted. Yeah. About Literally last night. As ha- he was the HRIC lecture. Like yeah. the from Thursday night. Andrew Tate on and his Instagram post. Was it last night or was it? It was, yes, it was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. Last, last night, night he posted the one from Thursday. 
Okay. Yesterday that during the day, yeah. Yeah. He's taking uh, a few. And then that's it when is. we realized because it was all over Twitter. And we're yeah, like, it blew up. And honestly, like, like my WhatsApp blew up, my Instagram blew up, everyone's messaging me. I'm like, brothers, man, like, there's nothing to be excited about. Yeah. The guy is a. Uh, and I, I honestly ask Allah to guide him. Yeah. And I don't mind having a dialogue with him. Yeah. It's really kind of like make him aware, okay, this term that you keep throwing around haram. And yeah. okay, haram is a very. Uh, it's not a light thing. You know, it's Allah Azza wa Jalla makes something haram and he's just yeah. throwing it around whatever is haram to him is haram and then he says, no, it's permissible for me and yeah. he doesn't go together. Um, may Allah Azza wa Jalla guide him. You know, I don't know whether he is doing it out of publicity, mentioning al-Islam yeah. from time to time because it was very strange because in that clip that he posted, um, I'm speaking about not flashing yeah, uh, uh, you know, evil eye and so on and so forth, and you know, a secret life is a happy life, and you know, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala tells us in Surah Yusuf, quoting Yaqub, you know, when Yusuf والسلام, saw the eleven stars, yeah. and also the sun and the moon prostrating for him, what did his father say to him? La ala ikhwatik. Don't tell this ru'ya, this dream, to your brothers. They will have envy towards you. They'll plot up against you, and so on and so forth. Right. So I was making a point where. Um, if you could lose your blessings, you could be afflicted with evil eye because of something that is heard by the people and the people come to know about what is being said to them. Then how about the person who is looking at uh, your lifestyle online? Mm-hmm. You've got miserable, depressed people looking at your blessings. Akhi, the evil eye is the truth. Yeah, is. And as soon as he posted that, straight after he's flashing all his cars, he's got like this little... Yeah. So you're in between... His like lifestyle. Yeah. Right? So is he doing this now to mock or to ridicule that which I'm saying? Allahu alam. I don't know what's yeah. inside of his heart, mm-hmm. or is he actually being genuine? Because I did come across a small little clip in the in the past where he himself would say, "Don't flash your stuff online," mm. and then he's doing it right after that clip that he's posted. Yeah, it all goes with his ideology of being high valued. You know what I mean? Not showing the things to the world and stuff. But I think the dangerous thing. He is does that though, doesn't he? He does that does all that. all the time. You know. Yeah. But the thing with um, The dangerous thing with Andrew mm. Tate is That a lot of these young guys And I think this is why the buzz was behind it You know Because a lot of these guys In regards to what you said about Dendrima mm. as well A lot of these guys are looking for role models mm. You know what I mean And those role yeah, models are of the people with fame and Like status yeah, And know? people need to realise as well The reason why these guys This whole Red Pill movement is yeah. coming out uh, Spearheaded by Andrew Tate It's a reaction to What the feminists have been doing for such a long time mm. Yeah and I remember yesterday, subhanAllah, Brother Jamal from, yeah, from Preston Masjid, he made a very good point, mm-hmm. right? There were those in previous times, like the Murja, mm-hmm. who started propagating the innovation and then the Khawarij came out. Yeah, yeah. So when there's one extreme, you always find another oh, extreme that comes out. Yeah. yeah. SubhanAllah. And it's very, very true. So you had these feminists who have like literally uh, dragged men into the mud, right? Mm-hmm. Every time they come out and say something, everybody like believes what they say and jumps on it. Even this whole Me Too movement, I honestly think, not that I'm trying to, mm-hmm. be very careful, right? Yeah. Not that I'm trying to uh, undermine that, uh, which m- women have gone through, the abuse that they've gone through. Like we, t- we totally condemn that. Yeah. But would we agree that uh, it's been misused? 100%, yeah. yeah. Right, so any woman, like she can just turn up one day mm-hmm. or just wake up one day and start posting things on uh, Twitter. She uses hashtag and then uh, everyone just believes what she says. Yeah. Exactly. Like even that whole uh, fiasco that took place between 
Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Subhanallah, yani, really makes you think. Yeah. Really does make you think. There was actually an incident on Twitter not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, one of our brothers was telling us. He's like, you know, the whole Me Too movement, what it does is it, it brings out all these, you know, these, these people that want to cry wolf. Yeah. You know, they want to come out and they want to go, okay, um, I've also experienced this mm. because I felt like I experienced this. Mm. And let me get out there so I can get my attention. This is my piece now. This is my time to get yeah. my spotlight. And yeah. they move forward. But and obviously, fame, and, it publicity. Mm. Yeah, and it yeah. ruins the, for the victims, you know, because there's actual people that are going through certain things that are actually getting oppressed, mm. that are actually going through domestic violence, or they're actually experiencing like, like trauma in, in, in their everyday yeah, life. And, there, and, there, and you crying wolf doesn't do anything because when they find out that you're crying wolf, they're going to start putting a, a blanket of skepticism over all others. Yeah. And especially after that uh, fiasco that happened between Amber Heard and, uh, and also Johnny Depp, yeah. I've seen uh, quite a few feminists come out or activists saying this has really you know, caused the feminist movement now to uh, take steps back and yeah. mm. it's affected their mission and whatever have you. After yeah. Johnny he, you know, the haq comes out. Mm-hmm. Whether that which he said is the truth or not, I think it was quite evident to most people yeah. that... Uh, she said a lot of things that were untrue, and yeah. the truth ended up cu- ended up yeah. coming out. It's crazy that you mentioned that the truth comes out always because I remember my dad telling me that once when I was young. I didn't believe him, yeah, because I was like, "How did how did George Bush, and Dick Cheney, and all that sort of stuff get away with what they did in Iraq mm. and stuff?" Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, he ended well, up, I think I know what he's it, say. you know, and he ends up coming out, mm. and he had a couple of times. He goes, "Our war is on Islam." Mm. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, our yeah. war is against terrorism, and then also recently he goes. Mm. And he started giggling about it, and he's like, "That was a mistake, or we shouldn't have done it, or whatever it was." What, what, what did exactly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He, he was he, he was speaking about uh, he was trying to speak about the Ukrainian war. Yeah, public event. And he ended up like in his former invasions and everything, and he accidentally slipped. Uh, he slipped out uh, Iraq. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the one that invaded Iraq. You know, like Subhanallah. At the time, it reminded me of the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal when He said, "Yawma tashhadu alayhim." Mm-hmm. The day when uh, their tongues mm-hmm. and their hands yeah. and also their feet are going to testify against them. Mm-hmm. Subhanallah, if this can happen in the dunya, then what, what do you think is going to happen in the hereafter? Yeah, I was really, really profound for me at the time. That's that verse that came to mind. And akhi dhulm, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to speak for itself, right? I remember Ibn al-Jawzi, rahmatullahi alayhi, he mentioned something very, very powerful, Right? The brothers of Yusuf, they used their hands to oppress him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Them very hands yeah. eventually came to Yusuf yeah. Give us some charity. Forgive us. Yeah. Right? You know, we need help. طيب, uh, the wife of Al-Aziz who accused him and said all of these things about him, right? Yeah. She said it with her tongue, right? Mm-hmm. What happened later on? She ended up admitting with her, or with that very tongue, that all of this was a lie. So this is the fairness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever, right, remains firm and does what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told him to do, Allah azza wa jal will bring the truth out for that individual. He'll come back one way or another. Yeah. I even came across in the past, subhanAllah, uh, individuals who were, you know, typing with their fingers. Yeah. Right? Making all these accusations against certain individuals abroad, personalities, and then eventually it was them very fingers that came and asked for money mm-hmm. because something happened to them at home and, so Allah Azza wa Jal is fair and just. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I won't. I, d- I didn't get the okay. value for high value. Yeah, I yeah. get the answer for high value man. Yeah. So I thought we can have a conversation just yeah. about that. Just because 
what we spoke about, what you s- you could see now with the youth is that's an answer they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And like you said with Andrew Tate, it's like sometimes that's the only person they come to. And yesterday you were talking about attention span. We know it too. We have an hour podcast. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people like an hour, I won't listen. But Andrew Tate is 20 seconds. So he's giving you information that you think is valuable mm-hmm. and it's just 20 seconds. So it keeps, you know, mm-hmm. like... Um, and you punch his statements and... All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the reason why we listen to other people is because we don't know the answer in the deen. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, you would say hadith yesterday was you give ayahs of the Quran. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know that. And that's actually the truth. So maybe if we can just even... We don't have to delve deep into it, but high value, man. There might be some characteristics that you know. Um, you guys should have told me I would have prepared it, but yeah, <laughs> forgive me. Yeah. I was going to tell you last I, I night. Didn't know, I didn't know what this uh, podcast was about. You know, it's Allah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we'll be honest. Yeah. I think sometimes you know it's natural. It's, it's it's so much more effective. And Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Mm. I was going to say, I'll be honest with you. Probably we didn't even know. So we'll yeah. It was all. It's hard with Sheikh that's running the show, huh? Allah alam. You know, it's hard with Sheikh. Sometimes you don't know what to. Because there's yeah, also, yeah. we like to talk about what the sheikh's interested in. Yeah. Mm. But sometimes you don't know that yeah, because... Mashallah, mashallah, I'm, I'm, no, it's fine, yeah. Yeah, we can, we'll we can some go into it. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yesterday we touched on it. One thing that's very, very important is yani, uh, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. Without a shadow of a doubt, this really uh, has a toll on what kind of individual you end up becoming. You know, yesterday when we spoke about the effects of sins, right? It has consequences. Right, the sins that an individual carries out, it has consequences with the kind of individual he becomes. Right, so your relationship with Allah is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Right, today the Shabab are turning to people like Andrew Tate. Why don't we turn to the Prophet Wasallam with how he treated his wife, mm-hmm. right, or his wife, should I say, right, and uh, uh, and uh, what he used to do with them on a day-to-day basis, right? Yani Andrew Tate comes across like he literally was it yesterday where he talked about. Um, and somebody sent it to me. I always get these videos. You know, people are saying to me, speak about it. Should <laughs> maybe comment on it, right? Because uh, a lot of the shabab are becoming influenced by it. He's speaking about you, you grab the woman by the neck and then I'm going to slam dunk her. And he's mm. saying all of these things. Did the Prophet Sallallahu ever do that? The shabab are looking at this and subconsciously it creeps in. And then you start becoming a man beater, uh, not a man beater, a woman beater, mm. right? The Messenger sallallahu never ever put his hands on a woman mm. like that. Subhanallah. Even the Messenger sallallahu said another hadith, right? One shouldn't lash his wife and then sleep with her. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. Any anyway, way you try start, you know, objectifying women or treating them like that, that should definitely not be the case. And look how he's now speaking about women, right? And of course, I understand that he's saying all of this as a, uh, you know, as a as a way of you know reacting to what. The feminists have been saying and whatever have you, but that two wrongs don't make a right. Exactly, mm. two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Right? If you've been wrong, we've been taught uh, in Al Islam to be the bigger man. Mm-hmm. Messenger mm-hmm. said, "Whoever you know cuts ties with you, then you go and you know keep that relationship. Mm. Whoever's oppressed you, then you go and forgive them. Mm. And whoever's now deprived you or held something back from you, you go and give it to him." So being the bigger man So this whole concept of being a bigger man Is there in the sharia mm-hmm. But when you listen to this guy like Honestly There's a lot that he needs to work on to be honest For sure. It's hard um, to take that high road as well yeah. you know, it, It's a true test of character And it requires knowledge We have to go out and study Even yesterday we touched on When they were asking for marriage advice And the majority of the questions about marriage huh? <laughs> Everywhere I've been going Especially in Sydney 
Mm. Like the questions about marriage, would you advise somebody this and mm. somebody that? And, right? And there's a very high rate apparently here in Australia of divorces. Okay. And it's not surprising because when you go out to, uh, when, you're, when you're looking to get married, you have to study. Mm. You have to study about marriage. Right? Umar ibn Khattab anhu would say about transacting and trading, right? لا يبيع في سوقنا إلا من تفقه في الدين. Right? One should not trade in our markets until he goes and learns. Because you're going to bring, bring riba and haram elements to our markets. Right? What we learn is there are certain, uh, you know, or should I say, uh, types of knowledge that every Muslim needs to learn. Yeah. And that's what you're directly involved in, like your salah and your tahara, wudu and so on and so forth. You have to learn that mm-hmm. because every day you're involved in it. Right? And there are certain sciences you don't actually need to learn it until it becomes mandatory until you actually start engaging in it, right? Mm-hmm. Like Hajj. I'm not going to tell you start learning Hajj from now mm-hmm. if you don't have any intentions of going to hajj. or if you don't have the capability. Mm-hmm. However, when the time comes, I say to you, you have to learn it. Mm-hmm. The poet, he says, It's haram for you to go and embark upon something and you don't know its rulings. Yeah. So anyways, going back to the whole marriage issues, right? Uh, a lot of people don't know how to be Husbands and wives, yeah. right? Some of these uh, sisters, especially, they have this fantasy idea of how marriage is going to be, right? He's going to walk home every day, right? With you know maybe what ten roses in his hand, and and he's going to be like this, and he's going to be like that, and they're watching these Hollywood, Bollywood movies, and I think the Somaliwood as well, right? <laughs> huh? That people are watching today, and this is where they take their lifestyles from, or how yeah. I should live my life. The moment a little bit of a problem happens, oh, you know what? The grass is green on the other side. Yeah. Should that really be the case? No. Right? Every marriage has its ups and downs, you know? So it requires learning and, and uh, gaining insights of how to become a husband and also how to become a wife. Mm. So I, r- I advise the sisters to buy this kitab, this book called 20 Pieces of Advice to My Sister Before a Marriage. Yeah. It's an immense book. It's been translated in English as well. Allah and there's one for men as well. I forgot the author's name. When I went to... Edinburgh, Scotland recently. Mm-hmm. Went there for a dawa, you know, a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I seen some of the, one of the books in one of the uh, libraries, but I just completely forgot the... Mm-hmm. There's a male one, or there's a husband one, and there's also what the wife one. Maybe we'll try to get it off you, and we'll mm-hmm. put it on the, yeah, 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 in the yeah. show notes. Inshallah. 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 How was Edinburgh? Was it nice? Oh, it was amazing. Honestly, the brothers in Scotland really looked after me. Oh. Sheikh Suhaib, may Allah bless him, was running the masjid. Uh, in Glasgow, Masjid Farouk and Shazad who took care of me honestly. So it's a shout out for them brothers over there. They really, really shout went out of their way to look after me. They were very, very kind. Very kind. I will I'll never forget that. I will tell you, I yeah. wanted to know a lot of our audience uh, they're younger guys. Allah mm-hmm. Barik. Um, There's a lot of females too. Yeah. Yes. But and you can say there are guys, yeah. Yeah, females. <laughs> guys, plural, girls and guys. Fair, me too. <laughs> I wanted to know um, your your path to seeking knowledge, like how did that all start, you know? Because going back to the whole conversation of role models and whatnot, a lot of like the shuyukh or the students of knowledge nowadays that are similar to us or grew up with us, a lot of us don't actually know their story, you know what I mean? And a lot of them have similar stories to us, you know? They would have went to school, they would have either been on road, they would have experienced the same fit. Now, like I feel like as if there's a disconnect between people that study knowledge and the people who are wanting to seek knowledge. Mm -hmm. So could you give us like, a little bit about like your story, how it came out to be, you know? Because obviously you didn't plan out to study, you know what I mean? You probably 
thinking of being a soccer star one day. Yeah. So that was always the plan. Like as as shabab as youngsters, mm. uh, because I lived near the Arsenal Stadium, so we grew up, the, uh, we grew up, you know, seeing the Emirates being built. Because mm-hmm. prior to that, you know, they had Highbury. Yeah. Uh, and it was Tottenham as well, so it was all around the same area. So as youngsters, you tend to kind of like look up to these footballers and. And also, when we see the lifestyle that comes with it, the money, it's a very, uh, you know, uh, easy thing to kind of like turn to, right? Yeah. So it was never kind of like in my mind to go out and seek knowledge. But you know, one thing my parents always instilled within me was the importance of learning the Quran, mm-hmm. memorizing and learning it. Mm-hmm. So wherever we went, my dad would always bring, okay, uh, or would always try to take us to a Quran school. I remember even in London, it was difficult from time to time to go to Madrasa. Mm-hmm. He brought a Quran teacher to the house. And that was my cousin Hashim. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, he studied in Yemen, so he would come over. And I'll never forget that. He tried to teach us and everything. Mm-hmm. And even now when I see him, I tell him, remember you're my, te- my teacher. Yeah. You know, we don't forget those who were the first to yeah. really instill values and, and morals into us, right? No matter how knowledgeable an individual becomes. Tayyip. So uh, my dad always had the idea of you know memorizing the Quran, learning Arabic, and then you continue with your life. Mm-hmm. So after I got moved out of London to Leicester, uh, again I was going to Quran school, uh, the local masjid over there. The masjid was called Masjid Falah. Mm-hmm. May Allah preserve my teachers over there, right? So I'd always be doing Quran, mm-hmm. and at the time. You know, uh, I was going to football school. Uh, football, what do you guys call it? After football club or yeah, soccer? Oh, soccer sessions after. Yeah. I was very good at. You guys, don't, you, you guys, this football is different to us. <laughs> yeah. We say football, yeah, and you guys intend by soccer. Exactly. Yeah. Huh? Football is footy football to is us. like rugby to you guys. Uh, no, no, rugby. That's Sydney. That's Sydney. We're a different planet to Sydney. We're, we're fo- it's footy. Yeah. Like the, the, the other day AFL, when we went to yeah. when the other day we went to a, a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, for like for breakfast, yeah. I the TV was on, yeah. And then I was like, what, "What? What is that? What kind of sport is that?" Just out of curiosity, yeah. And it seemed like rugby to me because no, that's what we call football. That's football. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 when the they're ball. wearing a. Oh, that's, that's what it looks yeah, like. That's, yeah. that's the one. Yeah. There's some Mus- there's a Muslim brother in the league. Okay. Yeah, and there was one who he pretty much like he won the title or the championship okay. like three years in the like in four years, mm. and he was like all Australian like team of the okay. year. He made it, so he's really big here in Melbourne. Okay. So yeah, he's and then there's another guy now that plays and he's doing pretty well. So it's like, and they're actually Muslim. They both got their own academy mm. and they train youngsters. So like, you know, you talk about like Dan Juma trying to do that. These guys, yeah. they, one of the brothers, Bashahuli, as I said, he takes brothers to Dubai or Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah, Abu, yeah, Abu Dhabi for like yeah. 10 days, pretty much trains them. And he even says, we got him on an episode like a month ago. There's some guys in, what I say? I say championship too, like right under... Or the championship so yeah, in the Premier League and then yeah. League One. Yeah. No, no, sorry, you guys, there's championship. Yeah, yeah. so there's this AFL one. and there's VFL, Victorian okay. Football League. Okay. And there's a guy. <laughs> learning a lot about You're learning yeah. a lot. <laughs> You're Aussie after this. And the Basha, just his influence, he goes, I never ask anyone about footy. All I ask about is how your salat is. Allahu Akbar. Like the yeah. first Allahu thing, he sees the guys in the VFL, he goes, Did you pray Fajr today? You go to the mosque. Allahu Akbar. He goes, Dean. That's what we he need. Goes, I, only teach, we need. I only teach Dean and character. I let other guys teach footy. Because we have enough coaches. I've played in the league. I was all Australian. And he goes, but I only teach Dian. And he tried to teach those morals. It's really beautiful to see. May Allah honor him, man. May Allah honor him. He also hates footy now, so. Yeah, he loves fishing. That adds to it, subhanAllah. So yeah, that's what we call rugby. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. Did you guys have like a different we have rugby. sport called? We have rugby. Yeah, yeah. We, we call it rugby. Yeah. So your football is different to rugby? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Australia is sort of split. Okay. More northern Australia. The more north you go, they play rugby. So what's the difference? I seen like they were doing the exact same thing. I've played rugby in the past, but yeah. I realized it's not for me, so I could leave the sport. <laughs> You're more. They were doing the exact same. Uh, they were doing the exact same thing, though. Like I'll, they? I'll give you the dragging each other on the give ground. Us a give us a I'll, I'll give you the breakdown. Yeah. New South Wales and Queensland. Play. That's where Brisbane and okay. Sydney and all that are. They're majorly rugby places, yeah. Mm. And then when you come to Victoria, Victoria is AFL. Mm. Which is that sport that we're talking about, mm. AFL mm. football. Mm. And, and then Australia. you got Western Australia, and you also got South Australia. So they're majorly AFL places. Tasmania, okay. Allah Alam, what they do, they're different. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 sorry if anyone from Tasmania watches, <laughs> but uh, God knows what you do, subhanAllah. He's asking what's the difference of rugby, AFL? How would oh, you break that one down? One actually involves kicking the football, the other one just they throw it oh. around and they hit each That's other's heads against each rugby other. Rugby is just throwing, <laughs> AFL is handball. Rugby, rugby, they kick as well. Yeah, they kick at the start. The in the oh, UK, yeah. they kick oh, it. Oh, they're true. They do kick. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but they kick the small passes and then you got to kick it. They actually oh, okay. kick the yeah. score as they well. They do kick Halfway it. through the... Yeah. the he shoots from very far and he gets it in. Yeah, the thing with footy, you're more free. You can do a lot of things. You can move forward, you can move back. Like you can handballing. The handballing. Yeah. It's, it's a bit more free, basically. It, yeah. well, I still don't get the difference, but it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you had a couple more days, inshallah, we're not talking to a footy game. All I want to do while I'm here, Yeah, I just want to see a kangaroo. Well, Honestly, people have said to me, PGCC will take you on Monday night. Yeah, go like five minutes, you'll see it. Subhanallah, that go, can be yeah, organized. Your sister, she was like, Please make sure you send me a little <laughs> photo of yeah. a kangaroo, yeah. take a selfie with it. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if I can take a selfie with a kangaroo. I had the pretty <laughs> dangerous. You, are uh, you doing anything Monday? Uh, no, the brother's actually taking me out. Yeah, okay. Someone said to me, Do you want to go penguin seeing? I was like, Brother, it's just a kangaroo because <laughs> yeah. there's a place you can feed kangaroos. Oh, wow. That might be close to PGCC. I want to go back, like, Let me try to on one piece. Like, I heard a very Honestly, dangerous. you're going to... <laughs> especially if they feel threatened. Yeah. These guys will tear you apart, you know? Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah. You go to they break cars as well? They yeah. Do. They huh? do everything. Bro, it was... Because my dad... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what happened was, my dad that has... He goes to the Victor, uh, Epic Market, sorry. Yeah. In Epic Market, there's a lot of kangaroos mm. in and amongst it, yeah? Because it's, like, it's kind of almost outback. And all you see is there was this one kangaroo that was laying on the ground and then the guy's car was just next to it, the one that got hit. And you can see the inside of, like, it's like very indented. Mm. Yeah. So it's actually done more damage to the thing. Subhan it's actually done more damage to the car than it. But subhanAllah, they're big imagine, things, imagine, yeah? Imagine. They're not cute. I'll I, I tell you that now, they're not and cute. They, you know, I had a box as well, huh? Yeah. yeah. They do, yeah. Kangaroo there's Jack. A, yeah, there's a movie, Australian movie, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. A boxing kangaroo. On the way to Latrobe, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, where are you going after this, inshallah? We're going to Victoria University. Oh, Victoria. Yeah. You probably pass one by there as well. Bismillah, we'll go, we'll go back, we'll go back to your journey. Of Allah, just, you know, reflecting yeah, on it, honestly. Yeah. That's why I really wanted to see one. Like, these animals are very different. Exactly. Yeah. Also did you, where did you find an animal that boxes, Akhi? <laughs> <laughs> that's huh? true. Is there an animal that boxes? Kangaroos, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually videos online of them fighting. Because when they go up, they're pretty tall. Yeah, it's my little sister. Stream. Before I was leaving, I was with my little sister. Me and my little sister, we spent quite a bit of time together. Yeah. You have to, right? I'm bad. Um, and then she was like, oh, let's YouTube it. And we came across this viral video of a guy running. Yeah. And it just goes and punches the kangaroo in the oh, face. Yeah, the dog, that yeah? one. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, seen I think that one. It was that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he just stays there. The kangaroo just stays <laughs> there like this. He's just shocked. <laughs> She's a casual. I don't Tuesday. think Islamically you can do that as well. Yeah. That punch a kangaroo. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the kangaroo is harming you. Yeah. If you to just go and start pressing, it reminds me of something that Fadail ibn Iyad mentioned. Yeah. He says, By Allah, it's not lawful for you to harm a khinzir, a pig, right? Mm. Without right. Mm. If that's the case with the worst of a pig, then how about a Muslim? Yeah. 
So uh, let me see another video where they put him in a boxing ring <laughs> and they start beating up the kangaroo. <laughs> you can't like I don't think that's sufficient. Mm, yeah. huh? But mm. I was gonna ask, um, Sheikh, going back to the thing, yeah, uh, what you were saying about before, mm. when you were in Duxi, yeah, and when you were learning with Hashim, were you learning Quran for the sakes of it because your parents told you to? Because yeah. a lot of us Somalis, yeah. where you know that type of like learning yeah. style where it's just sort of given to us and it's like sort of mandatory. I did used to hear, uh, if you memorize the Quran, Allah mm. will raise you and so on and so forth. And yeah. You'll get everything that you ever wanted, right? So I used to hear it from time to time. Yeah. But you go to the madrasa, I feel like there's not enough emphasis on it. There really isn't. When you tell somebody the perks of something, he tends to be so much more inclined. Yeah, true. That's why the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would at times give the virtues of something in particular. And that serves as an encouragement. I'll give you guys an example, right? Um, when walking into the masjid, right, you have to pray two rakats, right? Mm-hmm. As a greeting. Mm-hmm. The tahiyyat al masjid. We may walk into the masjid, oh, you know, it's a bit, let's, let's go sit somewhere else. Let's go sit outside. Thinking that if I go into the masjid and sit there, I have to go and pray two rakats. We look at it as a burden. Yeah. What really motivated me was when I came across the hadith of Rabi'at ibn Ka'b al-Aslami, mm-hmm. right? Um, one time he was uh, walking with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the Prophet Sallallahu said to him, Sell, ask. And look what he asked. I want to be from those who accompany in Al-Jannah. Subhanallah. Because anything else goes that. That's all they wanted. I want to accompany your Messenger of Allah in Al-Jannah. Anything else, said no. So he said, if you want to be from those who accompany me in Al-Jannah, be somebody who prays a lot. Has a lot of prostration, a lot of prayers. So when you come across the virtues that really, you know, motivates you to do acts of worship, mm. and it might, you know, be good that you know something you search for it and yeah, you know, so it's there as an incentive. Mm. So if someone, you know, you know, when he teaches the Quran, he emphasizes on the importance of it and what it does to you and how Allah Azza wa Jal raises you in Allah يرفع بهذا القرآن أقوام ويضع بآخرين Allah Azza wa Jal raises individual in accordance to how much he adheres to the Quran and other people are put down, right? Yeah, so uh, and yeah, I don't think there was enough emphasis while I was growing up. So yeah, so I was going to that uh, madrasa in Leicester. Uh, this is after we moved from London to Leicester. And um, I remember uh, while I was at, you know finishing off secondary school, because we have secondary school, then you go to college mm-hmm. for two years, and then you go to university. Yeah. So um, when I got into college, I started coming late for madrasa. So I was in the basketball team. Football team, and I was very good at table tennis as well. This is a movie, <laughs> no. it's definitely a movie. <laughs> so, uh, like, I, as I said to you guys before, like, I was a superstar when it came to sports, you know. Um, so I was, I kept on coming late, and uh, one day my teacher said to me, This is after he had enough, and he's like got tired of you know, he used to have this miswak, you know, the mm. you guys yeah. call it in English, miswak? Miswak? Yeah, yeah, miswak. Miswak. and that was coated with leather. Oosh. And I, you know, from time to time, he would actually whack us with it. It's a long miswak. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> he would whack us with it, right? And uh, that would put us straight. Yeah. And I think after I got to college, he just got tired, man. He just he just said, uh, you know what? You, Muhammad, you're never going to memorize the Quran. Mm. I would have preferred for him to whack me. Did he say that to you? Yeah, he said that to me. Oh. And he was, you know how I said earlier, mm. yeah. those who may be the most toughest with us uh-huh. might be the most effective. The tough love that certain individuals show us, right, could be the most effective thing that ever happens to us. 
And every now and again I go to him and I thank him, Shaykh, you know, Jazakallah khair. For that comment. For that comment. Because it was the reason that I went home that day and I was in shock. I was broken. Yeah. I, even, I even think I, I shed some tears. I sat on my bed and I think hours were just going by and I was just in deep thought and it was a reality check for me. Because one thing I always wanted was memorize the Quran and now he sent that to me. Yeah. It hit a nerve. It really did. Yeah. It struck a chord. May Allah as an honor our Sheikh, Sheikh Shuaib. Right. It's people like that that, you know, you never forget. That, you know, try, you know, uh, to instill and embed within you. But Ustaz, yeah. when does that go from like tough love to comments that shouldn't be made? Because, mm. for example, you reacted and you yeah. went and studied the deen. Allah, maybe yeah. those other bumps in the road. If not, it's trauma. You know, like, mm. for example, I, I'm not, like, I didn't grow up um, going to Duxi mm. or anything like that. Yeah. So I didn't grow up really speaking um, Arabic at home or even like reading Quran frequently. And then I went, mm. I went for a couple of years to like Saturday school and it wasn't something I was very good at. So at school, mm. people go memorize like a surah a week. Yeah. Yeah. And me, I was struggling. And yeah. then I had an incident when a sheikh said the same kind of comment to me. Yeah. He would never ever memorize, you yeah. know? And then to me, I still hold to this day. And I'm, I'm on my uh, journey. I do my classes yeah. and stuff like that. But then how does someone even like react from that? I think... Because what if you never become a happy, yeah, then it's I just that trauma I, I think, you hold, yeah. you know? I think you would have to like really know that person. And check out his character, okay, uh, before you start making certain comments. Mm. Like there are brothers that I've taught over the years that I show this tough love to. Yeah. And there are other brothers, when I looked at a person, I was like, no, if I say that, I'll probably end up destroying him. Mm. So the murabbi, the one who cultivates his students, he needs to really look at that individual's uh, personality, yeah. right? At times, you know, people, uh, you know, as you guys mentioned earlier, it, st it struck a nerve, right? You may say something motivational to them, and it, it sets them off. Mm -hmm. But some people, they need it, right? Like, I honestly needed that. Mm -hmm. My teachers just like being nice all the time. And sometimes us youngsters, right? When we're growing up as youngsters, we take people's kindness for a weakness, right? So it's like on a circumstantial, as they say. Mm -hmm. You have to look at every person. Uh, you know, differently. Yeah. You know, on a base, uh, on a person to person basis like that, yeah. and just take it on from there. At what the point? Sorry, sorry. Because uh, the Messenger Allah Alaihi Wasallam at times was harsh. Yeah. And at times was you know pretty soft. Mm -hmm. Give you an example, right? Muadh bin Jabal was one of the scholars of amongst the Sahaba. Mm -hmm. One time, when he was leading the Salah, he made it very long. He made it very very long. And the companions got upset. And I'm just like, you know, Nabi I'm just, you know, paraphrasing. And the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, after, when he came to know about it, he said, Afatanun anta ya Mu'ad. Are you fit in a maker? Oh Mu'ad, are you fit in a maker? Are you fit in a maker? He said it three times. He says, when you lead Isha, make sure you read Surah Shams and this Surah and that Surah. And it was time, subhanAllah, look how the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam treated that Bedouin who urinated in front of the masjid. Mm -hmm. When the companions started hurling towards him, right? It's like, leave him, let him finish. Yeah. Right? So you can see the Messenger treated uh, those who came into interaction with him differently. Mm. Right? He said, leave him, let him do his thing. And then and what did the Bedouin say? And I, I always find this funny. <laughs> oh, Allah, don't have mercy on anyone <laughs> except me and the Prophet. <laughs> and no one else. <laughs> Subhanallah. Uh, you know, Allah. that goes onto the yeah. statement where everyone says, treat everyone equally. Yeah. You're pretty much saying that it's a prophetic. You've heard that statement, yeah? yeah. What were you saying? Treat everyone equally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but now you're pretty much saying it's a prophetic, like, 
action or it's a sunnah to be intentional depending on what the person needs, circumstantial. Some yeah. people need to be treated like this, some people need to be treated yeah. like that. But you have to learn, maybe through experience, through knowledge, how to be able to attain what is the best in that given situation. Yeah, yeah definitely, 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 without a shadow of a doubt. It's a I've had a lot of students over the years, and I would see them slacking. I can't talk to Muhammad, for example, how I would talk to Abu Bakr. Mm. Abu Bakr like needs it. He needs that tough love. Maybe becomes maybe because he comes from that gang lifestyle, yeah. right? A lot of these guys who grew up, you know, in, in gangster lifestyles, they're used to that. They learn it the hard way. Yeah. They honestly like just learn it the hard way, right? And there's others. You just take him to the side and drop a couple of gems to him, mm. and you see him, you know, bettering himself. So it's circumstantial. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So it requires emotional intelligence. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm perfect in that sense. Mm-hmm. I may have maybe, you know, taken a wrong move in the past. Yeah. But uh, it's very important that, you know, somebody who's in that position of advising people tries to yeah. learn that. And there's nothing yeah. better than Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's guidance, right? Instead of, you know, turning back to people like Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll stick to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Well, I love that guy. I think yeah. even to build consciousness that everything you say, sometimes you don't know how much it means to the other person. Like that statement you still remember today, I still remember even though it was mm. years ago. And the stories like we hear uh, Kaab ibn Malik when he's narrating the story about like his yeah, forgiveness yeah. and then Talha came. You, obviously yeah. you can narrate the story. Yeah. But it's the story where even years later on, you remember the smallest thing someone does and if you ask them the story, they'll be like, I don't remember doing that. And that's where these statements sometimes we say, hey, you know, like you got to pick up your, you're not the, like you kind of bully your friend. And to you, you forget. But then to them, they hold it like, I should have made that comment like 10, 10 years to me, 10 years ago to me. Mm. So you have to be conscious of your, you know, words and the impact you can have. SubhanAllah. And also, you know, I, I heard this statement before, I don't know who said it. They say, whatever comes from the heart hits the heart or mm. reaches directly the heart. Mm. Right? So it could have been the Sheikh was very sincere when he said that and it had a huge impact. It was actually the reason. I thought, you know what? Enough is enough. I need to now go abroad. Because you know, my, pl- my parents were actually thinking about it and it just all came at the same time. Wow. Yeah. You know, we spark, yeah? Yeah, you spark, know, you need, you need that. that. Yeah. That spark. spark. Yeah. You know, um, <coughs> we recently it's had... Actually, I, I enjoyed the podcast so far. Like, Alhamdulillah. It's, like it's a, it's a casual conversation. Why are you surprised, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I looked you guys up and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to like this. Yeah. It's very laid back. Yeah. It is very laid we back. We can make it formal with a big desk and stuff, but no, the main no, thing is nice we like nice. to connect with people. Just chat. Yeah, yeah, man. And it humanizes people. Mm. Like when we had Basha Huli on, it's, it's like probably the, the first time he's ever done something like that, yeah. But yeah. the thing was, like, Basha grew up in my area. He's like some, somewhat of a relative mm. to myself. And subhanAllah, I didn't say cousin. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll he admit it now, yeah? <laughs> Anyways, mm. so um, the good thing about it was, uh, like, we've never seen him come out of his PR shell. Mm. And subhanAllah, like, we're not going to say that we did it. Probably other circumstances caused it. But subhanAllah, for us to have him on here mm. in a less PR version of himself was amazing. So, yeah. like Even you were Sheikh saying, Bilal, humanizing. Yeah, we've had Sheikh Bilal, Bilal on like three, four times because he's a local. Yeah, he's a local. He's a legend. Yeah. Actual legend. And it just, you, it's like a friendship. And yeah. that's what you want to build. You know, people always see this personality in front of the camera. Yeah. It doesn't always give a fair um, judgment of who they actually are. Mm. Like exactly. People tend to judge you very, very quickly. And, mm. and, and a lot of the guys that we get on the podcast... We would have a conversation with them whether the cameras were on or not. 
You know what I mean? So like if Abu Taymiyyah came to Melbourne, we would have loved to just have a general conversation with you. Yeah. You know, and then see that other aspect. I would have loved that as well, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been hectic, man. But I got, I got a question for you, yeah. um, Ustad. Yeah. So like recently we had Sheikh Sajid on and okay. one thing that he spoke about and he kept on hammering on with his point was action, action. You know what I mean? Reminder without action is null at the end of the day. You know? So at what point did you realise, because that spark hit you, yeah? So at what point did you realise, okay, damn, it's time for me to actually like, give yeah. the, the deen its haq? Yeah, upon him saying that, mm-hmm. I went home and, and I, th- I remember having a conversation with my parents as well. Because mm-hmm. they were already like planning, but I don't know whether they knew it was going to happen that quickly. So we had a conversation. I was like, yeah, I don't have a problem at all. Let's go. So I had uh, my January exams, mm-hmm. right? My midterm January exams. And I got really, really bad marks. Really bad marks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like uh, growing up, like secondary school, I came out with A stars and A's. And I think I got, like, we have this, uh, this something called uh, GCSEs at the time. You guys know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? It's BCE yeah. for us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> uh, we're, so cultured, we're cultured. <laughs> we got you. We got you. <laughs> but, and I, I think I got something like 13, 14 GCSEs, something along the lines of that. And I got uh, between A stars and C's. Yeah. However, when I done uh, my my exams in college, I got like D's and I was doing maths, physics, law, and uh, what was the other one? Accounting. Yeah. I failed all of them. And perhaps khair. Yeah. Maybe if I got good grades, Shaitan would have what whispered and said, "Oh, you know what? Just finish the year." Exactly. Huh? Even the poet he says, amrin amran it may well be something that you dislike, but there's some good things that are hidden within it. Huh? That which you really want is hidden, right? And that which is makruh, that which is disliked, is very, very evident and apparent. And you're thinking to yourself, how is it even good for me? Mm. And we as human beings, our intellects are very limited, mm. right? And I just want to say this to those who are going through a journey. Like we accept that what we see is very limited, what we smell is very limited, and what we hear is very, very limited. Why can't we accept that our intellects are limited as well? Right? Why do we feel to accept that? Only years down the line we, thi- we say to us, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have this today. <coughs> right? So that's... Uh, so when that happened, it kind of like, you know, I said, perhaps khair is probably the best thing now. It's more of a reason now for me to leave. There's nothing to look forward to. I'm going to have to retake everything again. So yeah. just made it easy, mm. right? Yeah. <coughs> Even when you look at the man who killed a hundred, killed ninety nine, ended up killing a hundred. He, he made the decision. You know what? I'm going to change. And that may well be the difference between us and him. Even though he killed a hundred, someone may say, "Oh, you know what? I haven't even killed many yet. Let me just continue my life, right? If I kill a couple of maybe, and I enjoy my life, and then I'm going to repent like this guy. No." I remember giving a lecture, we derived 20 benefits from it. One of the benefits was the difference between us and him is that he made the decision. He packed his bags and he got off. Mm. He wasn't procrastinating or having these longing hopes. I am going to do, I shall and I will repent and so on and so forth. How often have we seen someone going to sleep, telling himself that and he never woke up? He packed his bags, he got off. He started walking towards the land of redemption. He started traveling. And then that's when he died. Mm-hmm. And Allah Azza wa Jal had mercy upon him, right? 
you know, because you know, the, both the angel of mercy and the angel of mm-hmm. punishment came and started arguing with one another. Who's more entitled to taking a soul? The angel of adab punishment is saying he has never done anything good, right? The other one is saying he indeed innahu jaa taiban, right? Mukbilan biqalbihi on Allah. This man was repenting. You can clearly see he was on his way to the land of redemption. And his heart was set on meeting Allah Azza wa Jal. Right? So Allah sent the third angel. And uh, the third angel was told to calculate which land he was closer to. Mm-hmm. And he happened to be what closer to the land of filth and evil. Mm-hmm. So Allah caused the earth to shake. Mm-hmm. And that's because subhanAllah this man really wanted to change. He was on his way to redemption. Right? So we have to make the decision today. Can't be I'm going to do it tomorrow. And No, now, anyone who's listening, it doesn't matter what sin it is. I don't care if you're addicted to pornography. If you're sleeping with different women every other day, right? Uh, if you're a drug dealer, make the decision, I'm going to change. And take these practical steps. Allah says, In If Allah sees that good in you, He'll give you that good. But show Him that you really want to better yourself. Because I know there's a lot of brothers. Rappers message me from time to time. And they're Muslim. And they're saying, I really want to change, make dua for me, kada wa kada wa kada. Right? So there's khair, there's good in a lot of people, right? But you have to really just take these practical steps, mm-hmm. right? And follow up your intentions with actions on the limbs. What are some practical steps, Ustad? Just a couple that okay. you'd recommend from the get go. Again? It's going to get longer. It's going to get going, but yeah. Yeah. if you've got a couple of quick practical Okay, steps, we'll maybe conclude with this, inshallah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I, I need to see you again then because I had a lot of questions. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> 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 One of my favorite quotes is the statement of Ahmed ibn Harb. He said, عَبَدْتُ اللَّهَ خَمْسِينَ سَنَةً فَمَا وَجَدْتُ حَلَاوَةِ الْعِبَادَةِ تَرَكْتُ ثَلَاثَةَ أَشْيَاءً I worshipped Allah for 50 years. I did not taste the sweetness of worship until I left three things. Right? Until I left three things. It's a common question that people ask. I pray, I don't feel that connection and so on and so forth. I don't feel that khushu'a. So all the three things. Right? The first thing that he said was, I stopped trying to please everyone and I was able to speak the truth. Right? How is this relevant? Like you're around your friends and they're doing that which is displeasing to Allah Azza wa Jal. Right? What should you do in this kind of scenario? Try to kind of like, you know, brothers, you know, we shouldn't be doing this and we shouldn't be doing that. Okay, you're speaking the truth. Of course, in the best of manner, with the best of manners, and so on and so forth. When you keep doing that, what do you think is going to happen? People will turn around and say, "This guy's always killing the mood. He's killing the vibe. Every time he comes, he's just like he's a haram police, you know, or whatever. He's policing us all the time, right? But what happens? Eventually, they'll end up cutting you off. As long as you do the right thing, which is to encourage them to that which is good. Like, what was the second one? You know, when I first came across this uh, statement of his, it didn't occur to me that all three are connected to one another. Only after contemplation and reflection, I realized, wow, man, it's actually a connection between the three. The second thing was, I stopped hanging around with the wrong crowd, the transgressors, I cut them off. And Allah replaced them with that which is better. He replaced them with good ones. So what happens now when you keep killing the vibe and the mood, they eventually cut you off, Right? And you have to now right, to replace these friends. And it may well be that you go through a period which is very, very difficult and you're lonely. It's only a matter of time Allah Azza wa blesses you with good ones. Okay? 
Uh, and if you don't have the courage to you know, speak the truth in front of them, we just have to learn to say, no, I can't. Otherwise, you'll never any uh, change, or you'll never better yourself. We have to have that kind of discipline, and discipline is very, very important. Mm. You see, all of these very well-known, uh, you know, you got Khabib saying the exact same thing. You got Mike Tyson saying the exact same thing. You know, y- you're nothing. Doesn't matter how strong you are, mm-hmm. you're absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Without discipline, you're nothing. Mike Tyson said that. Khabib saying the exact same thing, mm-hmm. right? He says, uh, sleep, wake up, train, repeat. Huh? Discipline is very, very important. Right? Even when you look at, and excuse me for using these examples, but these are the types of individuals that the Shabab look up to. Cristiano Ronaldo, mm-hmm. he's 37 years of age and he's still banging in hat tricks. He's still top of his game. Mm-hmm. The man's got discipline. When you read up his life, even how he eats and how he sleeps. One time I came across an article where uh, he was asked, do you think your son will become like you? He goes, I don't think so. <laughs> Why? Because he can't uh, uh, come off these fizzy drinks. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. No. Mm. Right? Elon Musk, likewise. The guy would put in 16 hours, I think it was seven days a week that he said. Was it seven days a week? That's discipline, man. So, Akhi, we have to learn to say no. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Um, uh, and and that's, a, that's an absolute must. And this is what Imam Shafi said to us in Bakhadr al-Kaddi. Anyways, so uh, what happens? The first, is you can see, is very, very connected to the second. You kill the vibe, they'll eventually cut you off, or you'll end up leaving them. And Allah will replace you with good friends, mm. right? Like what happens when you hang around with good friends? What was the third thing? He said, "Taraktu halawat al-dunya hatta wajatu halawat al-akhirah." I stopped chasing after the sweetness of the dunya, and I was able to taste the sweetness of the hereafter. Like when you're hanging around with these good people, are they reminding you of which Ferrari to buy, mm. or which, yani, uh, uh, hotel or this holiday destination? They remind you of Allah. How to reach the hereafter? Right? You start overlooking all of these, uh, you know, the glitters and the glamours of this world. Not everything that glows is glamorous. Right? Not everything that glows is glamorous. The way this dunya has been created is there to entice you, right? And uh, to kind of like uh, pull you towards that which you think is going to grant you that contentment. Only for it to leave you disappointed. That's what it is. Yeah. Right? So you are chasing after that. Allah replaced it with good friends. They remind you of Allah and the hereafter. Yeah. Is it going to depart from this world? So when you look at the three, subhanAllah, you spoke the truth, right? You stopped trying to please everybody. You stopped being a yes guy. Allah, you know, replace them with good friends. And then these good friends are connected to Allah. And I think that was so beautiful, Allah. That was beautiful. You know, Ahmed ibn Harb. They say he was the sheikh of Khurasan. Like their sheikh. And there's so much hikmah in that. Do a whole lecture on it. Guys gave me a good idea now. (laughs) (laughs) Allah My, what's that called? My center? My center, yeah. My center. Because I don't have a topic. Maybe I'll speak about this in more detail. Expand on it. Is Shab- that also tomorrow night? Sunday? Yes, tomorrow night. Yeah. yeah. After the door, yeah. Okay. So he says it's a long day tomorrow. What time tomorrow? A long day. Bad Isha. After. Because yeah. before he's coming indoor. So he's got time. <laughs> our indoor quick session. Our indoor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? We'll come back? I said indoor. indoor, indoor. If you want to, though. <laughs> we won't say no. <laughs> but yeah, have a schedule, inshallah. And I think it's almost nine o'clock. My well, brothers, like from the bottom of my heart, it was an absolute pleasure, honestly. Yeah. I really I personally enjoyed it. Just all we appreciate Even when it I met too. Brother Ashraf, I don't want to praise him to his face. Yeah. Like yesterday, I felt a good vibe. Yeah. As soon as I met him. Alhamdulillah. You know? I didn't get the pleasure to see both of you guys, but ah. I ran into Ashraf after the lecture yesterday. Alhamdulillah. And uh, 
it was, it was nice. Like, I honestly enjoyed it. We've got and a we trip planned, inshallah, to Europe anyway. So inshallah, if you guys come along. Through? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. yeah. Do you ever go to Spain inshallah. to give lectures? Habibi, I've... Uh, <laughs> on time. Recently. <laughs> 30 seconds, inshallah. Yeah. We have a brother in Sevilla right now, actually. Yeah. My, b- my brother. He's the fourth member. He's Where yeah. are you sitting? Member, yeah. He just, w- okay. just moved there, like, three days ago. The bro- there's arrived. a brother called... Uh, I don't know if you guys saw him online. His name is Mohammed Al-Andalusi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His Spanish brother. Yeah. We recently got to meet one another. He came with... Brother Mufti Muhammad Munir, and uh, and he makes all these gimmicks يعني, on the Arabic language and everything. Yeah. So he, he was saying, yeah, maybe we'll bring you one time to Spain and yeah. If you ever do, yeah. the other brother will try yeah, to. got Masajid over there and. Nah, they, nah, but they don't speak English, do they? My brother, mm. he, my brother, like little my brother yeah. moved there. He's living there now. But do they speak English over there? In Barcelona, Madrid, international French? cities, so yeah. they would. But he moved to south of Spain, <laughs> which is ten to twenty percent Muslim. <laughs> <laughs> so khalas, you kind of make you, you know. Maybe one day, because I was going through Spain yeah. transit, because uh, I left my family in Morocco for a couple of months, mm. yeah. not so long ago. Yeah. So always the flight would be transiting through Spain. Yeah, I never went inside it. Mm-hmm. So I would just be at the. the I tell you something. Arabic gets you by. I've yeah. been to Fran- I've been, I was in France. My mum knows French. My Arabic came one clutch. Oh and Spain, Spain, like you know, if you know a bit of Spanish, like my yeah. brother, Arabic becomes one clutch. Because yeah. when you go to halal restaurant, khalas, the guy's Arab. So you just talk. So. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting that you say that. You know, Arabic came into clutch. You know, they have a number one principle when it comes to learning any language. Sorry, guys. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm conscious of your time instead. The number one principle when it comes to learning any language is say that they say you have to be around its people, mm. constantly speaking. I'm teaching Arabic mm. language now, and I keep telling them you have to practice. Mm. You have to keep on practicing. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just taking the information and not just come out of. It's the environment. Uh, just leave. Yeah, uh, the environment. Ilm and amal. Subhanallah. Last story. Okay. I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. But because we're in Liverpool, yeah, we went to go watch a game at Anfield. I'll make it real quick. Subhanallah, the guy that drove us from the actual train station to the ground mm. was Yemeni. Okay. And the Yemenis have taken over. Subhanallah. <laughs> yeah. And it was some kalam that I was going to become the imam of the Grand Mosque there. Yeah. yeah and he was being negotiated, right? But I, like, even though I'm personally anti-imam. Very anti-imam. That's a discussion for another day. Yeah. But one of the things that really encouraged me to move there was, Akhi, Yemenis. I felt at home. Because I spent four years in Yemen. Mm. And that kind of, I've never seen that anywhere else in the UK. No. So there's a lot of Yemenis and Somalis and I feel very comfortable around mm. them. Yeah. So Akhi, they've taken over, man. Yes, subhanAllah. Yeah. And we, 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 we clocked this guy doesn't speak English. Or he doesn't <laughs> understand what we're saying. <laughs> and we don't understand what he's saying. Mm. And then one of us just goes, and he goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Lebanese, yeah? I'm Lebanese, oh, yeah. 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 What, do I look Turkish? No. <laughs> 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 There's a default here. There's a default here in Australia. Yeah. You see an Arab-looking guy, the first thing you need to ask is, are you, are you, are you Lebanese? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and to prove otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> so, know, More than like he's species. Lebanese. There's not many of us in the world, yeah? Well, there's only like, okay, like, they asked me, do you have any Lebanese friends in the UK? I was like, no. Yeah. And then I remember this one brother. Yeah. This one brother... Other than that, I, I don't, I don't uh, know. You know, us the North African, I can't name one Algerian guy, no, one Tunisian guy. Mm. Okay, but like one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah one guy. But it's not, it's not a big crowd. Why is giving us the look? Thanks for the jumps. <laughs> one last question, Ustad, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Where did you get your kunya Abu Taymiya from? I know you probably get asked two questions. Are yeah. you Somali or Yemeni? And the other question I, I wanted to know. I'm Portuguese. Forget <laughs> Somali, yeah. All sorts of uh, countries. And I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Which other? Some, your ethnicity? Yeah, no I know ethnicity. you've avoided that question. Yeah. Well, I'm avoiding it. But what I'm about the Yes, I just find it funny. People arguing in the comment section all the time. <laughs> Let them continue arguing. On Muslim Twitter, I've seen that. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you guys something funny. And I found it so funny. Right? 
My brother one time messaged on Twitter. He goes, I ask you by Allah. Yeah. This, this is serious. <laughs> I'm like, what's he going to ask me? He goes, me and some brothers. Yeah. We got into a very, very <laughs> deep argument. I was like, about what? And he goes, we need you to judge. Where are you from? <laughs> I can imagine that. Like people are, and they're in America. You guys in America arguing about my ethnicity. Yeah. Like you managed to get through to me because I receive hundreds of messages all the time. And you ask me that. <laughs> you ask me a religious based question, man. Yeah. Uh, that's really important. That's Anyways, Abu Timia, the way Abu Timia came about was when I first went to Yemen, mm-hmm. there was a brother from Leicester. His kunya was Abu Al Qayyim. Yeah. You know how uh, Ibn Al Qayyim is yeah. a student of Ibn Taymiyyah, right? Because <laughs> yeah. that was his kunya. And then, uh, and then he was like, your kunya from today is Abu Taymiyyah. And then from that point on, he just stuck with it's me. It's stuck. And then uh, not so long ago, uh, you know, Allah Azza wa Jal blessed me with a daughter. Allahumma bahari. So I had to become the real Abu Taymiyyah. Yeah. Or oh. the Taymiyyah, yeah. which is a girl's name. And, uh, and then I became the real Abu Taymiyyah. Allahumma bahari. Allahumma bahari. Yeah. We'll leave the episode up. Inshallah. Oh, Wallahi, thank you also for fitting us in no, your no, schedule. Wallahi, I know you had a busy schedule. Honestly. From yeah. bottom of heart, and hopefully we'll encamp in either yeah, Spain no, no, or UK. No, no, we'll be, we'll be there definitely, bro. But, yeah. inshallah. but make sure you guys uh, like, share, subscribe. You guys got the game there as well, huh? I think you guys are inspired. Freshly by grounded, grounded, yeah. He was on an episode. I was on an ep- oh, yeah. really? Yeah, oh, wow. So brother Faisal's connected to us as well. I love that brother, man. He's, yeah. he's a legend. You can see no, yeah. Honestly, it's got pure heart. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. And he gave you guys the the games, huh? Well, he gave us like he gave me like seven of them. I was like, <laughs> just go give them to the boys. I was like, no, no worries, inshallah. Well, he's a legend. Yeah. But we'll leave it off there, guys. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and yeah, peace.